Welcome, everyone. Welcome to the Dr. Pat Show. This is Talk Radio to Thrive By and our Street Smart Spirituality Hour right here on bbsradio.com. I hope everybody is feeling just fine, maybe a little bit juicy tonight because we've got a fabulous show for you. But one of the things I want to ask you, has anybody ever said to you when you're really down and out on your luck, when you're you know having the worst day of your life, Maybe you're even having a bad hair day. Has anybody ever said to you, don't worry, be happy? Well, guess what? We're going to say it to you again. Why are we going to do that? Because my guest today, Dolly May, has been helping people choose joy in the midst of crisis. That is her book, Choosing Joy in the Midst of Crisis. And we don't get this suggestion from someone that has kind of been sitting around in life, having a peachy keen life, things going just great, kind of born with the silver spoon. No. We're talking with someone today who is a worldwide lecturer. She has been on television, on the many, many television statements, radio shows, uh, live events, and has talked about the ups, the downs, and the all-overs of her life. And so today, we're bringing you a show that you all have asked for in many, many different ways. And this one is also going to be followed by a series of shows. You're kind of going to get a lot of help today in a lot of ways. First of all, Dolly May is a spiritual intuitive. That means we open up the phone lines coming right out of the gate so that everyone out there knows that if you dial the phone, you're going to tune in. And Dolly's going to help you get some insight into what's going on in your life. But right now, she's joining us today, a full-time spiritual intuitive counselor and lecturer to help us understand what it is about choosing joy that is so magnificent. Dolly May, welcome to the Dr. Pat Show. And thank you very much. It's really nice to be here. It is totally nice to be here. And I want to start right out of the gate by saying that you have an incredible story that, you know, when I read the book, when I when I heard about your journey, one makes me, you know, it makes me stand up and think, if you could resurrect, if you could fly again, rise out of the fire, then, boy, so many people listening to this show could get some help from you. Everybody has a different story. Everybody's got some situation that they've gone down in the depths in, and it's a question of how you survive the depths and what do you do about it. I, I did mine with money, and, you know, even though it was this disastrous thing for me while I was in it, I'm still glad I didn't have to do health. Right. You know, and people do relationships. They do huge challenges in other ways, and as a friend of mine said the other day, uh, she said, well, gosh, I only went bankrupt for X number of dollars. And I said, you know what? It isn't the amount that matters. It's the emotional experience. No one can define to you what crisis is because it's a personal experience. It is a personal experience. And there isn't, you know, the word crisis in itself has its own meaning to the person that is in that moment feeling that emotion, being at that state of being. And it doesn't matter whether it's the loss of a loved one, whether it's bankruptcy, whether it's the loss of a job, whether it's, you know, a relationship that just didn't, you know, work out. I mean, even Jennifer Aniston went through a crisis of her own. 
But all of this is defined by us as individuals, and I love what you're saying because it doesn't really put the weight on my crisis is better than your crisis. You're exactly right. And it, the, the problem is mine was a lots of zeros, and I just simply say, yeah, they were just on the wrong side of the decimal point. <laughs> well, you know, Dolly, how how is it that you have come now to be out in the world and to be helping so many people. I mean, you and I were just at a, an expo last weekend, and and basically you were so busy I couldn't even get near your table to connect with you because, you know, people are really seeking you out to help them get some answers to what's going on in their lives. I believe people want a different perspective. They know there's something, and it's kind of in the air, in the wind. Thank heavens the secret is out. Yeah. And the truly the law of attraction. This book came out many years before that stuff was there, except with Abraham Hicks. That was certainly out and about, which is the whole law of attraction basis in our contemporary world. This book is about how to choose joy and make it a focus in your life. It well, doesn't matter what's going on. Well, you know, let's talk a little bit about the book and 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 some of the 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 key points that are in here. And I want to I really want to let everyone know that we're going to really be talking about more than the book. As I said before, Dolly is here to take your calls. She will work with you. Going to do some readings for some of the folks out there. But you come right out of the gate. First of all, you tell your story, and you introduce people to who you are—a real person had her ups and downs in life. And here, here you are. You're like the Energizer Bunny. You're just not. You're just not willing to quit. You know, I, in the midst of all this nutty night crisis, I still ask for all my experiences, all my learning, in the vibration of peace and joy. And and still, that can happen while you're in drama. You don't have to keep adding more drama to get your attention. You're already at attention. I had a client today that was incredibly unhappy on the verge of a divorce with a multi-million dollar business, et cetera, and there are so many complications, and I kept having to bring her back to awareness that it wasn't about the business. It wasn't about her husband. It was about her not being happy, and how could she do that either in the relationship or out because it's not about jumping out and then I'll be happy. And that's what people don't realize. They believe that if, ever, if, if my situation changed, then I could be happy. If my kids were at school, then I could be happy. If they were graduated, then I could be happy. If, and they keep putting it off. Well, you know, one of the things that uh, I wanted to talk with you about is this place of how do we get to and tap into the happiness that's inside of us. Uh, you know, what is it that is such a mystery? What causes such a mystery around tapping in to that place inside us, which is a place of joy and happiness, which for for many people, including myself uh, earlier in my life, seems like a very dark place with no door to get to the outside? You know, a, a good question. The mystery is that we want to make it difficult. Because if it's that easy and we don't have it, we must be stupid. What's wrong with me? Another thing wrong with me. And our culture teaches 
if it is no pain, no gain. If it's not hard, it's not worth it. And so we look for hard. And in truth, it's just a simple concept, but we need to walk it. We need to do it. We need to continue doing it until it becomes a habit. And the it is choose. Well, let's talk about choose because, you know, I don't know about you, but there are many times in my life where we, we, we've said and I've said, uh, you know, I don't really have any choice in the matter. I, and, I, and I can remember my corporate life. I think it was like, you know, one of the – everyone that uh, gets in a corporate corporation and gets to a pretty high level and you always mm-hmm. have a boss above you, there's always the saying, okay, I really didn't have any choice in the matter, meaning I really didn't have anything to say. I just have to fire you or I just have to do this or – I mean, it's as if we truly believe, honestly, Dolly, that we don't have a choice in life. That, that is it. And oftentimes I say to someone, they'll say, well, well, should I do this or that? And I go, it's neither. There's a third option. They go, oh, a third option? Well, my goodness. And then the world opens up. You know, should I live here? Should I move back? How about finding a third place to go? And... Most times we get stuck in the either-ors, and neither one of them is what we really want. But you're bringing up the concept of we don't have any choice at work. We, what, what we're really saying is, I am a victim of my reality, of my boss, of my job, of my life, of my everything. And what we focus on, we'll get more of. So if we get up with that drama voice, I am a victim... We keep putting the energy out and keep validating that we're a victim by creating. It's like sending those little runners out to to get victimhood experiences so we can bring them back and validate. See, I am a victim. Well, and we are not. Well, and one of the things that I want to point to is that you know there we go through life and there are tragedies. We do we do get in crisis in life. I mean, there are situations that happen that require uh, us to fully express our emotions in the middle of them. I'm sure that when you went through, you know, your circumstance, that you had some feelings about it. Did did you not? Absolutely. I I almost committed suicide. I Mm. would say there were some feelings about it. The, the, The problem is people think that somehow in metaphysics you're going to escape the feelings. Well, that isn't the truth. The truth is they're just like little children that want to be acknowledged. And you need to actually acknowledge it and feel that feeling. And then once you've felt it, make a decision as to whether you want to hang on to it and grow it in disaster and anger and self-worth issues. Or if you want to say, okay, next. And most people think they have to hold on to it. They are now in some performance. I am the fired. I am the divorced. And then get out of this thing. It's like a wound that you had when you were a child on your ankle or something, and you're still going, I have a wounded ankle. Like, get over it. It is a choice to either live in it and give it energy and continue it in your present moment or to say, you know, that's an aspect of who I am. It's tremendous. It's tragic. Oh, my God, I can sit here and cry over it for 10 minutes. Turn the timer on. Cry for 10 minutes. Then choose something else. Well, Dolly, you know, I want to let everybody know uh, for, for today that uh, Dolly May is in the house. 
uh, spiritual intuitive, author of, of, of the book that we're talking about, Choosing Joy in the Midst of Crisis, and someone who has come to the show today in, during the Dr. Pat Show, The Street Smart Spirituality Hour, to really tap into what's going on, to learn, for each of us to learn how to trust that inner voice that we hear and to how to tell the difference between, you know, the voice that we hear that's in, in service of our greater good and the voice that is not. And uh, Dolly's here, and we're going to be taking your calls today. You know the number. If you'd like to call in, you'd like to connect with uh, Dolly. If you'd like to get some guidance and assistance uh, uh, from her, then give us a shout, 877-876-5227, 877-876-5227. Uh, you know, Dolly, one of the things that I love about what you talk about in the book is you really make it clear that there are so many different layers of fear and that, you know, we could actually manifest the idea of low self-worth. And that seems like a strange thing because I think a lot of us would prefer to blame our family and friends. And yet you come right out of the gate and you talk about manifesting low self-worth. Tell me a little bit about, about what you mean when you say that. The reason depression is the greatest uh, health concern in uh, the United States specifically today, and let's say North America even, the reason depression is of great concern and is a huge problem is because people are actually using the manifestation tool of what you focus on, you get more of. Because what they are focusing on in depression is playing the tape over and over about the wounding, therefore I'm no good. The wounding, therefore I'm no good. And it gets bigger and bigger and deeper and deeper, and it's like a spiral going down. That is the perfect demonstration of what you focus on, you get more of. And they are actively doing it. Nobody stops them. Nobody stops them and says, choose this over here. Focus on this. Because the true art of creating what you prefer is to focus on an emotion for 17 seconds. It shifts your auric field. That's what people in depression do. And then the longer you focus on it, the more magnetic you become to that emotion. In other words, you're going to magnetize more depression to you if you stay thinking and feeling depression longer. Now, that's a magnificent awareness that you can shift by changing what you think about and what you're feeling. Well, I think the eye-opener for me was in the book where you lay out the four-step process of transmutation. And you, you, you look at this method, and, and right out of the gate with the first step, it, it was really eye-opening for me. You say, acknowledge that you created your situation in order to find the pearl of wisdom in it. I had to find that firsthand, especially after what I consider the crisis in my life of losing my job after, you know, 20 plus years of employment and thinking that I would be retiring from that company. But the pearl and the pearl of wisdom in it was to know that I could take my dream out into the world, which included going back to school. Action was the key element for me. How do we make this move going from beyond that pearl of, of wisdom, knowing what it is, to 
actually transmuting, becoming, you know, fire and then smoke, so to speak? I would say the middle piece is to connect with your divinity. If you connect with your own experience of God, whatever that means, and that's so many varieties, and you realize that because you are an aspect of God, everything else is also, and because everything is, all those feelings, all this experience, this drama is equally divine. If you can accept that no matter what's going on, it is also divine and somehow at some level constructed so that you can do your own personal growth, then you stop being a victim. The, the issue becomes, can you move out of inertia? Can you move off the dime? Can you do something different? And one of the ways is to literally sit and be with those feelings. Don't judge it. Just be with them. What I wanted to ask you was, you know, given your journey and writing the book, you also are a spiritual intuitive counselor. Along the journey, given the crisis you've been through, the healing that you've been through, when did you find out that you had this gift to help other people in this way, intuitively? You know, it was, it was right in the beginning. I, I studied with this extraordinary teacher named Rajni, um, who was a channeled being uh, from a, a lady who had since died. Um, but that, that unconditional love that came from that teacher with this uh, ancient wisdom that is the real practical stuff, that unconditional love was amazing. And as I aligned with hearing this information, uh, he was talking about um, what it meant to be psychic. And I went, oh, my gosh, I've been doing that most of my life. Ah. And then as he would teach things, I, I'd take really good notes like a student in class. And then the next, that evening, I would put them into my computer. I would uh, understand them. So I'm seeing, writing, typing, and then lo and behold, the next day, I would always, and I mean always, come across somebody that literally had some situations going on and would ask me. And so I would use the information and share it with them. And they were marveling at this at this how apt it was and how it fit, and it was so mag magic. It really was. And one of my cardinal rules from the very, very beginning is, Unless somebody asks, I don't say. Ah, uh, got it. It is, it is your journey, and if you want to know something, and there's somebody there that can perhaps assist you, and you don't ask, then you don't really want to know what they are offering, and that is a valid choice. It's we are not here to fix anyone because no one is broken, and, and we have to remember that. You, you aren't here to be fixed. You aren't broken. You're here to experience. And you will not change until there is sufficient pain to it. Because most people use pain as their reason for change. Well, let's see if we can invite some of our listeners to join us today. If you would like uh, to join us on the show today and have Dolly May do a reading with you, this would be the time for you to pick up that phone and give us a shout. Uh, toll free 
5227-876-5227. We will take your calls as they come in. You know, Dolly, I've got to ask you, um, in, in all of this, in your journey and your learning to accept and bless your spiritual gifts, have there been any downsides to this? You know, for example, everybody says there are two sides to a coin, but the book yet is about choosing joy. Have there been any rocky roads in your life that you think back and say, wow, I wish I would have done that differently? Well, I, I'm really not clear with how you mean. You mean since I wrote the book? Yes. Oh, okay. Since I wrote the book, I was frustrated that when I came out of my, as when I was coming out of my last relationship, that I wasn't handling it as well as a spiritual person should. Uh. And I, I was getting angry. I couldn't do forgiveness. And so that became my next piece to work with. Just because you know how to choose joy in the midst of crisis doesn't mean that your life is now going to be happy forever. But it shifts everything to give you a perspective so that you can use your tools more efficiently. It doesn't mean we're cooked. We're not done. Everything isn't finished. And you'll take everything, wherever you learn, whatever you learn on your spiritual journey, you will take to the next level and then be presented with a new situation so that you can apply things in a new way and grow some more and keep doing that. We're, we're still in human bodies. We still, have, we still are affected. We are still carrying stuff from previous lives. So this isn't about, okay, I read that book and now I'm finished. <laughs> there, these books are here for us to up-level ourselves and maybe get one or two ideas that we can truly use, hopefully more. But it, the, the key is in applying them and then bringing yourself new situations. So, yes, there have been some. And then, yes, I feel myself getting frustrated or hyper or something about some dingy situation, nothing, nothing major. And it's like, calm down. Use the tools you know. Breathe. Walk away from it. Feel gratitude. Shift your focus. And, and then I just have to remind myself, and I move through it in a different way. Well, thank you for sharing that. I want to mention to everyone that you are listening to the Dr. Pat Show. This is Talk Radio to Thrive By. I'm here with Dolly May. Dolly, why don't we give out your website the, so that folks can uh, take a visit, check out the book, and check out a number of different things that you have on there for, uh, for their information. www.dollymay.com. That's D-O-L-L-Y. M-A-E dot com. When you work with your clients, when you, when you work with people and, and, and you're sitting down and they're asking you for help, is there a place that you see that they clearly cannot see? I know that we talk about everybody knows, everybody has the insight, everybody has the intuition, but sometimes, you know, it's hard for us to see or hear the voice or find that you know, that connection, since we are so troubled or some layered over with a whole bunch of crust, as I would say, in the process that you use to work with people, do you get the answers right away? I wouldn't 
say it's like magic right away, mm -hmm. but within somebody's initial thrust of communicating, you kind of download their attitude, their energy, what's going on. A lot of it is how they phrase what's happening, whether they're coming from a victimhood consciousness or not. And one of the things that I've been looking at lately is how people are stuck in the story. You want to, I, I've said to people as they're telling their story of their disaster or conscious victim game or whatever it is, the poor me story, the poor me, the woe is me story, people do need to be able to get it out. They do need to be able to have a true listening ear to, you know, bounce it off of. But you, you never need to go down that road with them and go, oh, my gosh, you really are a victim. The road you need to take is that must feel awful. But don't, don't, I don't want to let people in a, uh, a session get stuck in their story because what they're doing is the same thing the depressed person does. They're focused on it. They're running the tape. And none of that is helpful because they're staying in it for not 17 seconds, but an hour. That's not healthy. Well, you know, some of us stay in our, stayed in our stories for a decade. <laughs> yes, I know. Uh, you know, I mean, that's, it's, we're lucky now we get out in an hour or so. Uh, how is all of this, how do, how do our stories relate to our past lives? Sometimes they do. Uh, not always, but the the major issues in our lives where we have these major uh, crises that we uh, interact with probably do relate. Uh, illnesses often relate. Personal scars relate. Birthmarks 90% of the time relate. And we carry stuff over in order to complete it in this lifetime. Usually it's in relationship somehow a business transaction, an issue about money, issues about health, issues about um, connecting, being loved, being a victim of love, whatever, however you want to phrase it. But we've been the persecutor. We've been the rescuer. We've been the victim. And we're trying on new aspects of it until we can rise out of those ashes. And instead of being in that fear place, we can go, oh, my gosh, I mm -hmm. forgot that I was in my God self, that I was as divine as, as all that exists, and I could rise above that and see it in a new way. And I feel like that's my job. My job is to remind people that there's a new way to look at something. You know, Dolly, I was looking at your website, and I was looking at the different kinds of consultations that you do. Uh, one of them, of course, is the, an intuitive session, whether it's about business, whether it's personal. And, you know, this is a personal growth, a dynamic personal growth experience in working with you. And then I looked at some of the others, like you work with folks on past life regression and also medical intuitive readings, uh, as well as being a spiritual medium. Now, all of these, I, I, I looked at them, and I think a lot of folks are familiar with what they mean, but I'll ask you a, a question about them in a minute. The one that I was really struck by is the work that you do, that you talk about in-depth, introspective for life change, and that is a long session with people. You know, that's a, that usually it's four to five hours, and I'll tell you a very odd story about this. They are never scheduled never they have happened in restaurants 
They have happened in people's private homes. And something something magical, truly that's a magical experience. Uh-huh. And when there is a passion and they ask, it's like everything has come together to conspire to create a scenario where they will get it. It's like a door opens. And I get to hold the space and I get to ask questions that they can then go probe. They can, and, and I can work with their energy in a way that they move through their own stuff. It's probably like taking 10 years of psychoanalysis and making it five hours. But the odd thing is it isn't usually scheduled. They know it's never been scheduled, actually. And then this, it's almost like a bubble occurs. I've done this in restaurants with two men. And one man had been a client consistently, and he wanted me to meet his friend who was going through some troubled times. And we meet in a restaurant, and the friend starts telling me his story. And his story, I was the first, I was like a confessor. I was the first person he'd ever told this story to, and his other friend sat there in tears. He had no idea the depth to which this man's experiences had were weighing on him and what had happened. He was being blackmailed by an employee for sex. And he was happily married, and it was destroying his whole world, business, life, personal, relationships, everything. And he couldn't tell anyone. It was the big, dirty secret. And as he told this whole story, he was able to unburden, and then I could shift and show him a different way to approach it. Because I also come from a really big business background. So I know certain things about business, but it's the personal approach to an experience. For those four hours, no waitress bothered us, and we were in the middle of a restaurant, not some private corner. It was like we were in a bubble of energy that everyone could recognize was something you didn't disturb. Divine intervention, so to speak. Completely. And it is those kinds of things that happen with both men and women, with more than one person, with a single person. And I remember in uh, up in Canada one time I was in a lady's home, and it was like 1130 at night, and she asked me this question, and that was it. Boom, the beginning. A door opened, and the next thing we noticed is really weird light in the sky, and it was the sun coming up. It was five hours later. <laughs> well, and and I asked you about that because – I think for a lot of us, we're used to hearing information about people that work with folks. They work with them an hour. They work with them 45 minutes. Uh, and, you know, what I love in learning about your work is there is a, a divine timing affiliated with that. And people get to show up, ask questions about their lives, and you will take the time and the energy that shows up in the moment and really help us see what's in front of us and, and that we can't see in the moment. You know, those moments are, are, are truly like magic. When someone is so ready, it's like a, the chick hatching out of the egg. And who wouldn't want to be there for growth? Who wouldn't want to be there for the birth? This person is truly being birthed. And, and they're just amazing. I, I have regular clients that come on a weekly basis for personal spiritual consultation. They want to know why they did this this week. What's going on here? How do I look at that? It's personal life coach work, but it's all spiritual. It's not the kind of life coach work which is, how can I make more money faster and quicker? 
Well, just watch The Secret. and and again you know i i don't think my listeners have heard me talk about this but there have been a lot of uh there's been lots of conversation lots of comments about the movie the secret there have been people that love it there have been people that don't like it there have been people that say it's been around forever uh and there there are a lot of conversation what i say is wow isn't this great we're talking about it Oh, yes, for sure. No matter what the controversy, it means there's going to be more talk. <laughs> it's out of the closet. Yes. It's out of the closet. I mean, you know, if we there are some states that when we have conversations about the law of attraction or we have conversations about being a psychic or even astrology, it's actually against the law. And so here we are now bringing the world that most of us have lived in whether people have said, I, for me, everybody has always said to me, you are the luckiest person we know. <laughs> that, that, that's been it. That's it. You're the luckiest person we know. We don't know how things show up for you and they don't show up for anybody else. Well, I didn't know, know the answer to that either. Now I have a better sense of it. I don't claim to have all the answers to it. But for so many people, all there needs to be is a little opening. And I think that's what your book allows us to explore as well as the work that you do. I want to make sure that everybody has the number. If you want a reading today with us right here, Dolly May, uh, we will hopefully be able to open a door for you right here on bbsradio.com, 877-876-5227. We're taking your call live, 877-876-5227. Dolly, have you ever been shocked by what you hear or see? By what I say, yes. Because um, a lot of my work, I would say, is divinely inspired. It's a, more of a channeling and allowing your highest possible self to communicate and come through and give information. And then the little ego self stands there and goes, oh, I never knew that. And you get that little ego piece out of there because you need to keep stay in that clear, flowing place. And so you can kind of be a little, put yourself aside and be a little observer as this flow is happening. So... Have I been shocked? Yeah. Have I been shocked by what other people say? You know, I haven't. I used to own lots of property, and I had tenants. And um, I tell you, I think I heard and saw just about everything. And I've also been a counselor in drug and alcohol treatment centers and with uh, people that were in alcohol and drug abuse and um, uh, crisis kinds of situations. So I don't think there's too much I haven't seen or heard. Right. Well, you know, I, I, I think I've, I've seen and I've heard a lot myself, and yet I'm always in awe sometimes about how the door gets opened and how much, how much more there is to learn and to know, especially in this year, 2007. Uh, and I've talked about this before on, on the show. How has this year been different or not for you? Oh, goodness. Now, that's an interesting one. <laughs> Um, how has it been different? Well, like you, if you're talking about amazement at how doors open, I would say not exactly amazement, but, oh, wow, that's so cool. Appreciation. Awareness and appreciation. So for me, um, several things have uh, happened this year that seems to be a lining of doors opening. And you talk about being the luckiest person in the world. My absolute passion is to travel. Just, I mean, passion. And so I was just recently invited to do um, Jordan and Egypt and, and lecture there. 
and um, I, I have several of these kinds of things coming up, and, and people are inviting me now to different countries to lecture, which I mean, I've been lecturing all over the world, but um, these are uh, fascinating experiences, and that's my passion, to, kind of, to offer this, these kinds of pieces of information to people all over that are interested. Um, one thing about my my uh, book is that there's lots of ways to do this, and there are lots of ways to end up being happy. But I, what I want to tell people is you don't have to do them all. Pick one. Years ago, um, I, I bought real estate, and I lectured all over teaching people how to make money in real estate. The thing is you can make money a million different ways in real estate. The problem is if you open up a book and you read about the million ways, you get into overload and you go into dead. The switch goes off and you go, I don't even know where to start into that. All I'm saying is pick one. And basically the way I made money in real estate, I did one thing 600 times. You know, you get good at it. Well, and you got really good at it. I mean, you know, you we're talking a large amount of money. What is it, $25 million or something? Mm-hmm. That's what I went bankrupt with. <laughs> exactly. I mean, it's and, large and, but there are two things that, you know, uh, that I'm struck by. One is that the power that each and every one of us has to manifest what we want in life. I mean, I mean, truly, we're you know we can focus on. Of course, we could focus on the loss. I mean, every one of us goes through and has a loss. But for me, I'm I'm speaking with a woman that understands what a loss is, but also understands what it means to keep going, to create and then recreate, to be born and then be reborn. And it seems like if we each of us were to understand the power in the knowledge or the knowing that we have within us the ability to be born, to be reborn, and then reborn again. I very much agree, and you tied us in with past lives. We, we get to reinvent ourselves. Don't you feel like you've lived maybe 10 or 15 lives in this lifetime? Oh, Lord of mercy. Yes, I do. That's, that's it. We get to reinvent ourselves. So if somebody is in a really bad situation, jump out of it and reinvent yourself. You can even change your name. It's legal. You know, go do it. Change your name, change your outfit, change your look, change your design, redesign you. Who do you want to be if you could redesign yourself? And then go do it. And and part of this is finding that place inside ourselves, Dolly, where we can hear the sound of that voice that is right there on our team, ready to help us along the way. What is the one of the ways you have learned in helping others get in touch with knowing how to be intuitive, with learning how to tap into the, the intuitive side of, uh, of all of us? It's a four-lettered word. All right, what is that? Play. P-L-A-Y. Yeah. Everybody thinks this is so serious, that it's so important, <laughs> that it's we've got to get it right. Well, let me tell you how I started doing readings. I had bought a deck. I was studying with the master. I'd had the deck for two weeks. The other students in the class went, oh, you read tarot. Do a reading for me. And I'm going, are you nuts? I just bought the deck. I haven't even read the book. <laughs> 
And so they were so willing to give their power away to me. I thought, hey, we're going to play with your head. And so I would just turn over. I'd make them shuffle. I'd say, you know, cut the deck. I'd make them. I'd turn over a card, and I'd make up a silly story based on the first thing that came in my head. And I kept being right. Well, you know, so often we get these messages, and we think, oh, no, no, that's not right. Why do we create that shift? What is it that stops us from, from hearing the voice, from knowing it's right, and actually allowing ourselves to be fully expressed as that? Fear of two things. Uh-huh. Our own power and what it would mean if we were right. What would have to change in our life if we were really right? Well, nothing really, <laughs> but we fear it. But we do fear walking into our own power. That means I'm, I could actually know what I'm supposed to be doing and I don't have any excuse to make any more mistakes anymore. But we're going to make mistakes. That's part of being here. It is, when I teach people about developing their intuition, it is as important to be wrong as it is to be right. You must know what it feels like when you're off track so that you can feel it when you're on. So you must be wrong and you must be right. There will be times. I recommend that people do it, do it uh, with play with things that have no real intrinsic value. For instance, pull 12 cards out of a deck, make 10 of them red and 2 of them black or vice versa, and start figuring it out. It will be play, but... But watch yourself. This is how you learn. Pay attention to yourself and realize when you're guessing, when you're stressed, we're talking about figuring out if it's black or red. Get the stress out of there. You see what I mean? I do. I do see what you mean. And, and, and I think that part of what we learn in this process, if I'm correct, uh, if, if I'm understanding you correct, is trust. Oh, oh, yes, yes, T-R-U-S-T. Yeah. This is about trusting yourself, and this is what people don't do. They will second-guess themselves, but it's because they're afraid of their power. If I trusted myself and I was right, what would that mean? It means you were right. Get over it. <laughs> Except if we're at the racetrack. Oh, well, I do know somebody <laughs> that was right every single time at the racetrack. Her dad didn't believe her. She took him to the track and 100% right, and she... She got all that, all the money from it, and on the way home, she gave all that money to a street person. Because that's not what these gifts are for. Well, I call them gifts as though some people have them and some don't. That's not true. That's what our developed trust is. Is not. It's not for just raking in money at the horse show, you know. Well, and, and a lot of us call them as gifts, and I think the, the word gifts, we can use that, and the knowing is that every single one of us has it. Exactly. And we all have the gift. We, we all, all have, have the, the ability to speak a language, and that's what this is. This is the language of the sixth sense. But we don't exactly have all the words for it yet because we have been taught in our cultures to tune out feelings, to, to muddle through, to stiff upper lip, to think it through. And the people that get validated in our culture that make the money are the people that do it, get the A's and make it right and do this and do that. But they're using their intuition. It's been turned on and they've integrated it. 
You know, Dolly, one of the things I, I, I want to make sure we mention is your website again so that folks have that in front of them. If you want to find out more about Dolly May, if you want to get a copy of the book, uh, go to dollymay.com, D-O-L-L-Y-M-A-E.com. Uh, on the website, you will get a glimpse of who Dolly is, but also you'll be able to look at the 10 secrets to choosing joy. And, uh, and, and I've looked at these, and one of the ones that I wanted to, to address with you is uh, number nine. And that is, it is this, become a screen to emotion. Become a screen to emotion. What does that mean exactly? I'll give you an example, because I think we always learn best by example. I know I do. One day I was sitting with my husband at a, a, a mall restaurant, and he got so angry, he, he just screamed at me. And this was very rare for him. He, that was not his nature, but it was during the bankruptcy, and he was very uptight. And he just screamed at me, and I literally became like a screen door that, you know, all that, that uh, screening material. Mm-hmm. And instead of being a solid being like we think we are, I literally saw myself like a screen door full of all those holes, and I let that energy of anger directed at me literally pass right through me. And I went, oh, my word, that was amazing. That It was like being cleansed. It was like having um, fresh air blow right through your body. Now, I know that sounds really strange, but it was all a head game. It was all in my head when that energy came at me. I literally turned myself into visualizing me as a screen, and instead of being the solid thing, it got stuck in, and then you have to deal with all this anger stuff later. I, it passed right through me, and it was gone. And I said, oh, what was that? It was absolutely incredible. And it blew him away because that's also called pattern interrupt. That's not the normal reaction for somebody that's been yelled at. Not at all, but that's part of what we get to do in the book. I mean, you're talking about choosing joy. Uh, And, and, you know, one of the things about visualizations, and and I mentioned the secret, of course, before, but we've been learning about visualizations since the beginning of time, Mm -hmm. you know, using our imagination, using uh, what we can create in the world. And so then why not imagine or see ourselves as uh, as a screen door, we now know about the power of the mind. I mean, there's not a question about it. Uh, we have the sciences now here to support what many people have known for ages and ages and ages. I mean, there are stories every time you turn around of mm-hmm. what people can imagine. I had a, a guest on who talked about one of his clients, one of his patients, who actually watched something on television. She, she was a, a woman that wanted to lose weight. And she watched a a stomach bypass surgery on television and then imagined herself having a a stomach bypass surgery. Uh, And lo and behold, this is exactly what happened in her life. She actually started to lose weight as if she had had that surgery. So I don't think there's a question about what we can envision. It's really not that difficult to create a vision. We think sometimes, don't we, Dolly, that we have to have these enormous, uh, these unprecedented aha visions in order to have what we want in life. But that's not true, is it? You're absolutely right. And I would also say 
that envisioning is only a piece of it. The creative work is done in the marriage between thought and feeling. So the vision works better because we can usually emotionally relate to the thing that we're seeing. That's why it really works. So you, in order to really manifest what you want, whether you're using envisioning or thinking about something, you've got to add feeling. You see what I mean? Well, you've got to add feeling. I mean, and, and there's no doubt about the fact that we feel. I mean, there are different people that express emotions in different ways, but that doesn't mean that there's not anything going on. I think we all have different degrees, although some, some folks have gotten really good at really protecting themselves and shutting things down. And that's part of the process of living in this life. Yes, and I'm speaking of, let's say that you understand this principle about thinking plus feeling is how you create your world. So what you do is literally put a timer on, a little beeper, like your cell phone, I don't care, put it on, uh, you know, alarm. And every hour or every half hour, you, when it goes off, you go, okay, what am I thinking and what do I prefer to think? Well, I'm thinking about that horrible thing that happened to me. Okay, that's not a good idea. So I'm going to think about love and I'm going to think of the times that I felt love and then I'm going to feel love. Do that for two minutes. Your world will change. And that's, that's something that each and every one of us can tap into and do. I love what you're, you've said earlier in the show and talking about uh, the, the fact that we can make change, we can start the process one step at a time. And we can focus on something and, and rather than look at every option available to us. I think sometimes we have difficulty making the decision. Sometimes we have difficulty of deciding which option to take. But isn't that where intuition comes in? Yes, yeah, that, that is a good one. It's where intuition comes in. Many people use that as an excuse not to make an action at all. They, oh, no, I just can't make a decision. So they don't. So they, they actually give their power away to something outside of them and just say, oh, there was just too much stuff and I just can't. So what they're really doing is they're making that third choice decision, which is to do nothing. And that really is a decision, and they don't realize it. You know, Dolly, there are many parts to this book that I absolutely love, and I just want to let everybody know I'm here with Dolly May. We're talking about the book Choosing Joy in the Midst of Crisis. But I have to tell you, there's one uh, chapter or, or a subchapter in the book that I read like two or three times, and I'll tell you what it is because I want to hear you talk about it personally. And it's a subtitle in the book, and it's called The Immune System. And you come right out and you say, consider this. The time may come when we no longer need our immune system. Yes. And I thought, I have got to have her talk about that. We are capable of creating our reality. We are talking about it. We're talking about it now about feelings and everything, how literally 17 seconds of focus, all that kind of thing. That is really the way we create our reality. That is also how we create illness. It's also how we will create health. Therefore, we will become captains of the organization
organs in our body and command them at our will by our focus to do our bidding and we will not be leaving it up to an immune system. So then that leads to the question, Dolly, do you think that we can live forever? Our bodies were made to live at least 1,000 years. The problem is we get overwhelmed emotionally and want to check out. We get tired. We are not living in joy. Why would you want to live a 1,000 years? Not only that, all your friends are dead. The world's changed. I'm not interested in that much crisis. So we opt out. But our bodies were made to live a great deal longer. The, the thing that's going on now is that these young people coming in, the new people, the indigos, the crystals, the rainbow children, they are the next generation genetically genetically, and they will control their immune system. Children have come in with AIDS, full-blown AIDS, and cured themselves. Doctors didn't do anything. They're tested after they're born, and they're like six months out. They're fully no AIDS, and their immune system is in perfect order. They almost can't get sick. Now, what's going on? It's because genetics are changing back to be closer to what we used to be, which is holding more light. But we had to grow that ability through the DNA. I have to ask you this question. I know we're winding down here. For folks, if you want to find out more about Dolly May, go to her website, dollymay.com, M-A-E. That is dollymae.com. I've got to ask you this question, given what you've just said. There was a statement that was made to me, and the statement made to me it wasn't, wasn't made that long ago. It was a show that I did on ADD and ADHD and Ritalin and Adderall and you name it. Mm -hmm. And the statement was made to me, and when I asked the person, what is the biggest concern you have about the, of this generation? And I'm talking about a generation of youth now coming into 18 years old, 19 years old, and so forth mm -hmm. and so on. And he said to me, he said, what brings tears to my eyes is the thought that we brought in the most enlightened beings ever on the planet and decided to, essentially, he said, take that away from them. Drug them out. By, by trying, to, trying to drown out their spirit. Yeah. And I had not thought about it that way, uh, and, and it quite that way. And what he then went on to say is that when these, these young people and growing to adults, when they decide, as we're talking about choosing today, when they decide and they can no longer be under the, the be in the world of numbing, they will unleash a power into the universe unlike anything we've seen before. What do you think of that? I think it's highly possible. Uh, they would have to grow new aspects of themselves emotionally and um, intuitively in order to make that happen. They will have an amazing power and potential. 
But let me make a comment about the ADD. Mm-hmm. A lady came to me this weekend, and she said, I have ADD, and I have this, and I have that. And I, and, I, and I said, well, you know, everybody today has ADD because there is so much input that our attention is being drawn hither and yon. There, here, there, here, there, here, there, every five seconds. I mean, look around. Everybody in the audience, look around right where you are. There's 10,000 things in your visual spectrum right now. So, of course, you have ADD because that's pulling your attention and that's pulling your attention. This isn't a bad thing. This is our transition to being able to do multidimensional experiences and operate on many places at one, at one level, at one time. So, you're right. When people get it that this is an okay thing and they stop drowning them out and support them, they, w- they will be transformational. It will be amazing people. Well, thank you, Dolly May. Your work is certainly transformational, and I so thank you for joining us today on the show. The book, uh, Choosing a Joy in the Midst of Crisis, Dolly May. The website is www.dollymay.com. Thank you so much for joining us. I so enjoy speaking with you, and we could probably go on for another two hours. Thank you so much. What do you want to leave our listeners with in, in closing today? Joy is an option. You can choose it. And that you are the most delightful chat lady interviewer that I've had the experience of of chatting with, and I really appreciate you. Well, thank you so much. As we say on the Dr. Pat Show, Dolly May, you rock. (laughs) All right, everyone. Thanks for tuning in to the Dr. Pat Show. This is Talk Radio to Thrive By. To find out what's going on in our world, go to www.thedrpatshow.com. Check it out. You'll be able to listen to archive shows that Dolly May and I have done before and many, many others. Don't forget my Olivia Newton-John interview is on there and lots more. For those of you at BBS Radio, all of the folks behind the scenes pushing the buttons, thank you so much for another fabulous show. And until next week, folks, tap in to that intuitive side that you have. Live and breathe it. Know that you can create the life that you desire. See you next week.